This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello people and welcome to the latest episode of The Dreamer's Disease. My name's Alex Manzi and on each episode we'll hear the story of someone inspirational who's doing something really amazing out in the world and following their passions and their heart on what they really want to do. On this episode I'm joined by the amazing Natasha Benjamin. We had a very very in-depth chat about everything she's done from dealing with anxiety to the work she does helping children who have experienced abuse in their household to the two books that she's released. She even talked us through her self-care routine, which is pretty amazing to hear. And overall, we just had a really good conversation about mental health and what needs to be done to open up the conversation more. So before we jump in, I'd like to thank you for listening. As ever, if you could subscribe, you know, you can head over to iTunes, search Dreamers Disease, hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on Instagram at the underscore Dreamers Disease. And it'd be amazing also if you could leave a review so I know what you guys at home think of the episodes. So without any more waiting around, let's jump straight in and hear Natasha's story. So who am I? Uh, I'm Natasha Benjamin. Um, I'm the founder of a not-for-profit called Free Your Mind. It's a childhood domestic violence and mental health support service which supports children that have grown up witnessing domestic violence and have mental health issues and trauma as a result of it. From a personal perspective, I'm a Reiki healer. Um, I also um, work in the area of self-care, coaching people and some other things I just can't think of at the top of my head. But yeah, that's pretty much the main thing. You keep yourself busy with various different things. I do. Yeah, that's good because it's obviously, I think you can tell just from the things that you do that you've got a passion for helping people, which I think is massively important. I think we need more people who are like that. And I think the people who do like to help people are the ones who tend to live a, a, a more abundant yeah, life. Full you, life. Yeah, that um, feeling of giving back to people is so powerful. Like since I've been doing, you know, this podcast and been passing on advice to people, it's just you just feel so good about it because it's just something you can give someone for free. I mean, obviously, people are gonna have to pay you for certain things that yeah. you do, but you know, in in part, it's like you can just offer someone help absolutely yeah, and it good so yeah that's, that's really good so what was your starting point for i i did a little bit of research earlier and there was a blog um, yeah. that was a few years ago was that the original starting point for you in terms of how you got into what you do yeah that literally was the starting point although i didn't know it at the time mm. um when i started that blog it was during a breakdown that i was having and um i had isolated myself I'd gone back to my mum's house because I, I was I was that unwell and I wasn't working um so I'd literally gone back to the beginning of my life in some ways um and I had nothing to do really and the blog was a way to express how I was feeling because I just didn't feel like talking about it at the time it was just too painful if I spoke about it it felt too real so if I wrote about it, it still felt real, but not as as like a, a cut being open, you know, a wound being open. So it was a bit easier. And in the end, it was a really good medium to tell everybody else around me, not, not, not put the public or people I didn't know, but the people around me, what was going on without having to talk mm. about it. Which is, is, I find quite interesting because I find a lot of what people... Well, not a lot of people, but I say some people tend to use social media for it is to like vent their frustrations and feelings yeah. that they, they don't feel comfortable enough talking about in person. And 
obviously for you it's worked out in a very beneficial way but yeah. for some other people it obviously doesn't um one thing you, you did forget to mention that you is you've got two books as well oh gosh two I books not one but two <laughs> um so can you tell us a little bit about both so one is um free your mind which is um the the charity the anthology the, yeah. yeah and the other one is called i can't remember the top it's of my called head. one daily step one daily step that's it so can you tell us a bit about both of those sure um free your mind the anthology um was a way to continue on the work that my blog was doing in a way because um as i'd found my voice i wanted to tell others to have their own so that book is a collection of not only my a short version of my story but other people's too so they had the opportunity to express themselves and and have it seen by you know however many people as possible how did you source all of those stories from other people social media yeah Yeah, i literally put a a message out there and said i'm you know i'm looking for people who want to share their story who want to um have their voice heard Um, and the main thing as well was to educate other people it wasn't just to tell their story but it was to also say this is what mental illness feels like this mm. is what trauma feels like this is what it's like to grow up around domestic violence so if people read it they'd they'd not o- only just kind of read some real kind of eye-opening stories but they'd learn something as well so and the other book <laughs> which is different actually um it's a self-care book called one daily step and it takes you through the different tools and things that you can do to help your mental health and well-being, which is, I think, instead of kind of just talking about the issue of mental health, we're now talking about how we can move a bit onwards from that and help ourselves and um, help to get better daily habits that are going to improve the quality of our lives. Yeah. So if I was smart, I would have bought a copy of both brought them with me got them signed so that when you're like oh, a yeah. top selling author I would have had like a collector's item <laughs> if I thought properly I would have brought you a copy <laughs> no no I'll, I'll pay I, I like to support so I will pay I will get Thank them because they both sound very interesting and you know you mentioned how um free your mind was a way to kind of the, the book and obviously the charity but the book in particular is a way for people to kind of share their stories of dealing with mental health issues yeah. And obviously you've suffered from some yourself, yeah. which was is it severe anxiety that's... Yeah. Um, well, when I got diagnosed, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a list. Um, it was PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety disorder and depression and panic attacks. So I had a bit of a, a list yeah. when it was given. And, and what's like for people who don't know and haven't suffered and what's the kind of... I guess the feelings that you get when you do, you know, suffer from bad anxiety or a panic attack or any of those. What what's the, you know, how would you describe that that feeling? So um, for me, um, anxiety is the one that kind of still has an effect on my life more so than anything else, and that interest. Well, not interestingly, not to, um, but it has been interesting to learn actually. But it has an effect on my body. Um, not everybody has mm. um, tr- um, anxiety manifest through their body, but mine does. I, I actually feel it through my arms, through okay, my back, wow. and it becomes really painful. Or um, I can feel nausea and want to feel like I'm going to be sick, but I'm not. Um, you get kind of like tremors in your body, and that's pretty horrible because you, you feel a bit out of control of yourself. Um, 
to get migraines. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty horrible the mm. way. Um, if it was only in my mind, um, I mean, I can't really say if it was only in my mind, it would probably be easy to work with because I have no idea. But mm. um, the the fact that it's a combination of thoughts and, and bodily feelings yeah. is just... Yeah. It's um exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Well I can I can tell you from my personal experience that having non physical symptoms is I don't know not easier, but it certainly doesn't sound as intense as yeah. I think the physical aspect maybe adds something to it. Like I find that over the years when I've found myself suffering is I just get locked inside my own head and just like a thousand and one thoughts of yeah. like doubt and worry and you know, you just get stuck in this like do, cloud of yeah. a mess of everything. But it's interesting because you said that the, the physical thing of nausea. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to um, go to like a football school in the half terms and stuff. And I used to worry about not knowing anyone. And, and I used to get that feeling yeah. of like I was going to be sick. And I remember like one particular time, my dad taking me into the toilets there. And I was like trying to be sick, but nothing was coming up. And I've only just made that connection now that you said it, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it's it makes physical. me wonder if that was part of that or if it was just me being, you know, just scared of meeting new people or being which left alone. Which is still a bit of anxiety. Yeah, exactly, yeah. it probably was, yeah, because you're causing that problem yourself. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I've just discovered something new about myself, yeah. which is fantastic. So... Um, PTSD oh, yes. is, is probably... I mean, depression isn't really um, a part of my life anymore. Um, and panic attacks... Um, they rarely happen. Um, PTSD um, is probably like the, the next one in line um, um, before anxiety. And that has its triggers. Mm. So it doesn't really affect my life, but things will come and, and be a trigger sometimes. Yeah. And that's when you're like, oh, when, when's the past going to just go away? And I've learned now that it's not about let, um, making the past go away. It's, it's sort of learning from the past and just moving forward. Yeah. And when you get a trigger, you realize that um, all it is is, uh, is a signal that there's still some healing to be done yeah. and not to be unkind to yourself yeah. about it. So in terms of like triggering, what triggers you now? Or can you remember a, a time, in one particular time that's maybe triggered your anxiety or PTSD or anything like that? Sure. Um, well, <laughs> just like pick, pick yeah. one. Read um, off the list. <laughs> you know, so when I, um, when I first moved to London and got my first job, I didn't realise it at the time, but I had an issue with having a male boss and um, I didn't realise it till I had a male boss and I'd done really well in the interview. I was confident and bubbly and they were like, yes, you, you know, we're, we're going to take you on. Mm. Got into the job and was a shell of myself. Um, just wasn't what I appeared to be in the interview. And my boss at the time, luckily, he had enough intuition and understanding to take me to one side and just say, where's that girl that we, mm. that we employed? Where's she gone? Why are you, um, why do you crumble when you get some criticism or or um, get defensive mm. and he took me out for a coffee and and said this and I kind of just I sort of just let let it all out and said yeah. look I grew up with a massively awful do male um, dominated presence um, mm. and just sort of and he made me feel safe enough to tell him about what I'd grown up around and that made lots of sense to him and he understood and um we're still friends now he's still my friend and um 
at that moment, he became a lot more empathetic and understanding to who I was. And he said, well, I just want you to know that you're not any not in any danger here. If I give you any criticism, it's just because I know you can do better. I, I, I you know, I remember the girl that was in that interview. Mm. I want her to, to come back and... Um, Having him and having that conversation, having him lead that conversation just made me feel a lot more at ease. And I yeah. thought, oh, you know, um, at least I don't have to pretend. And, you know, if I am triggered, um, you know where it's coming from mm. and you know why. And it's not that I've got an attitude or I'm, I'm being defensive. It's just that I've, ne I've not had this before yeah. and um, having a male kind of telling me what to do and and telling me what I've done wrong is too is far too familiar mm. and I'm at that time I was I, I wasn't even really aware that I had a lot of work to do on myself so yeah. and at, at what age was it in your past where you had that experience of domestic abuse wasn't yeah. it at, at home what yeah. was the what age were you at so it was from around the age six till I was about 11 so it was a good chunk of my develop, mm. developing years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it shaped the way I saw the world. It shaped how I viewed men, women, relationships, um, how your parents are supposed to keep you safe and they don't. Um, it just shaped everything and it wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the kind of, obviously that's been, by the sounds of it, the trigger point for everything for you. Absolutely. What was the moment when you realised that that was, had become such an issue for you? Because obviously when you're so young, you don't. It, no. To you, that's normal. And like yeah. you said, it shapes your view and everything. So when was that moment where it kind of clicked and the penny dropped? It was when I had my breakdown and I found myself back in my mum's house in the small room. <laughs> um, no job. It was um, this the same house that you grew up in as well? No, it okay. wasn't. We'd, um, she'd moved by then. Um, um, my friends, at, I had a whole heap of friends <laughs> at one point in my life. Um, they called me the Pied Piper. <laughs> but at this point in my breakdown, um, there was far and few to be seen. And I thought to myself, how the hell did I get here? Just one day I said to myself, how did I get to a point where I have no job? I'm back at my mum's house. I've hardly got any friends. What on earth am I doing? Why am I, I here? And um, something just made me think. And I thought, well, why? You know, it's it's obvious now. <laughs> it's the way you grew up. It's all this stuff you haven't addressed. I don't know why. It's like a voice said to me, look back at your past. Look, yeah. look back at what you've been through. And everything made sense once yeah. I did that. And, and were you fully aware of, the past because obviously some people will like repress yeah. certain memories so were you kind of in a repressive state or were you more you actually knew what had happened but you kind of just haven't addressed it I think a bit of both yeah. um I knew what happened but I hadn't realized the effect that it had had on me so I thought I mean even growing up that way I hadn't even thought of it as my experience it was my mom's experience yeah. it was her relationship and I was just kind of there mm. which is entirely not the truth when I um, really sat down and thought about everything I'd seen witnessed and gone through I thought bloody hell how can you not yeah. say that it, it didn't affect me and it was just my mom's experience it's 
you know, some of the things I went through, she didn't even go through herself, like mm. going into care. Mm -hmm. So of course it did, but I had never sat down and um, addressed any of it. I just yeah. sort of got, got out of the starting block and just kept running yeah. <laughs> pretty much till I hit a wall. Yeah, and, and do you think that's like maybe a fault of, I guess, the, the system in inverted commas in terms of it sounds like, you know, you didn't have much support yeah. for yourself to deal with what was happening in your life. Do you feel like that was an issue in terms of, you know, you obviously not maybe experiencing everything directly, but indirectly through growing up with it? Yeah. Um, was that something for you that maybe could have been dealt with better by, you know, they? I'm going to say they because Absolutely. I don't know who yeah. they are. but Yeah, massively, um, because part of the reason why I didn't even take stock of it or think about that even being an issue was was because the support service at that time just looked at my mum mm -hmm. oh you you've had witnessed domestic abuse didn't even ever look at me um even when I went into care I didn't even know I'd gone into care until really? wow. I I um what is what happened I volunteered with some children in care and we were all sitting around and they were talking about their experiences and I just kind of blasé went, oh, I remember this time I had to go and live with some other people. And they all just stopped and looked at me and went, you've been in care? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. How, how ridiculous yeah. is that? Wow. They don't communicate with you um, in the care system or in any of the systems at that time. They just sort of, child gets taken here, there and doesn't get told why. Mm. And as a child, especially a child that's witnessed um, domestic abuse, you you go with what you're told. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's also quite sense. interesting how you ended up working with kids who were in care yeah. without knowing, you know, obviously subconsciously somewhere your your mind and your body was telling you to, to go and do that to kind of, I guess, give back in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's quite an interesting um aspect of of you getting into it without realizing it i know it's but then funny. by doing it realizing that's what happened to you it's like a real full circle experience just crazy really is <laughs> it's ironic yeah it is and so for you what changes do you think could could be made now to improve the situation for anyone who go who is or maybe has been through a similar experience to what you went through as a child well, <laughs> reel off the other list. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I, you know, I'll be honest, um, most of it is down to the lack of funding. But then after that, it's just a general lack of understanding of, of how domestic violence affects children. It is a massive issue. I can't express enough how massive it is. It, it affects 1.8 million children in wow. the UK alone. Mm. And one in three will have a mental illness as a result. And one in seven children that you will come across, one of them will have at least seen or witnessed domestic violence. Yeah. So it's a massive issue and people just need to be aware of if there's a child involved, there's going to be consequences yeah. and, and repercussions for that child from seeing it. Yeah. That's crazy. Those numbers are huge. I know. Like ridiculously huge. And it's, that's kind of hard hitting just hearing that. Like you just, I mean, for me, you kind of assume, I mean, a lot, they are isolated cases in their own sense, but yeah. when you put a number on it and a figure on it, you actually understand the scale. And to, to, to think there's a lot of children out there who have gone through similar things as you 
and are probably growing up as you did, not realizing it and not having the care or the support yeah. to help them. And are then going to get to a point in their life that you got to where, you know, you um, ended up, you know, with depression and, and having anxiety and panic attacks and everything else. It's like, I don't even know. It's crazy, it's isn't it? Because not a lot of, you know, those people may realise, you know, that's what's happening. You know, you were very fortunate that you actually did reflect on it and go, actually, this is what's happening to me. And this is because of that experience. A lot of people won't realise that. No. And that's even scarier than the numbers themselves because they're not having that support. Yeah, and the the there's a whole kind of ton, and de- ton of destruction that follows behind them yeah. through that because they don't realise that a lot of their st- the stuff that they're doing are, um, um, sorry, learned behaviours yeah. and traumas and things that they have not addressed just being acted out. Yeah. How much then do you think is, you know, coping and dealing with past experience is an unlearning experience you know, versus learning new skills to, to deal with or cope with it. It's more of a, a process of unlearning what has happened in the past or what you may be experiencing now. I mean, the the process of unlearning is, mm. is pretty much like a lifetime kind of journey yeah. because the issue with trauma is, is the triggers as well. So you're kind of... You'll address something, you'll you'll um, work on on learning something, and then something new will come along that you didn't realise was a trigger that will be like bam, triggered, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I didn't realise that was going to come and trigger me. Now I have to go and work up that. Yeah. Now I have to go and look at the root cause of what's what's got me, mm. and and work out why, and 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 figure that out and heal that. Mm. I mean, the way I I do that is I. I mean, I kind of sit with it. You know, you go through it, you cry, <laughs> mm. go for a walk. You do what you have to do. You meditate on it, write it out. Whatever you do, it's got to come out. You've got to um, learn. You've got to learn from it. And that's the thing about um, painful memories. Um, I always say that you've got to take the power back from them. Yeah. Otherwise, you will just be held by it by those memories all the time. And I know that's easier said than done, but honestly, it's the only way that you're gonna live a happier life because otherwise you'll just be stuck um, and using those things as a um, lack of a better word, excuse. Because there is a point that um, you have to say, okay, I, I lived this way, it did this to me. Now it's my responsibility to do better and and feel better and have yeah. a better life right yeah rather than using it i suppose as allowing your past to define who you are it's yeah. a fact of actually you have the power to better yourself and once you start to realize that and start to find yourself in that path you can almost not let go of what's happened you know that's probably the wrong term but certainly learn from it Absolutely. and you know develop yourself and evolve into the next stage of human being that you want to become and that's massively important because like from from my personal experiences I haven't I get the kind of anxiety in a, in a complete opposite form so in the sense of my anxiety anxiety is triggered by my future rather than my past yeah which I know is a case of a lot of people as well and it's more of a sense of not knowing where your life's going or what direction you're heading in and I find that it comes when 
I feel there's a lack of focus, as I said, as to where my life's going. And that's when it starts to really kick in and get yeah. caught up in that cloud of just like voices, your own voice in your own head, that you know, talking to yourself about just nonsense. Um, and it can be anything. It could be, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, someone or myself going, um, oh, what are you doing with your life? It's just you worry about everything. It could be absolutely anything, but the worry kicks in and the, it's, it's like... Um, it builds up. Yeah, it's, like a, it's almost like a feeling of like being caught in headlights. Do you know what I mean? And, and and not really knowing where to move or what to do. And you're just there and your thoughts are just consuming you in that kind of weird moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just find that the conversations around those things need to be opened up a lot more. And there is a massive stigma around it. And it is very good to see that the conversations are starting to happen a bit more. And there are you know, big companies and brands that are starting to kind of deal with it. And there are, you know, hashtags on Twitter, for example, yeah. where people, you know, it's okay to be okay. Or, you know, you look at, um, there's mental health um, days and weeks and months and everything. And it's really good because it allows people that opportunity. But there is still such a massive stigma. And why, yeah, why do you think that is? What do you think is such a, you know, versus a physical illness? Why is yeah. a mental illness such a, big you know non-talking point I think it's one a lack of education which is you can't really um use that as an excuse too much these days because there's a lot of stuff about mental health out there but there is that too because you can't see it mm. <laughs> you know I um, the other day I was talking to somebody and they um I mentioned um about my anxiety and they mentioned about a woman that had um broke her arm I think it was and he was like oh I really I really sympathize with her because of the pain she's going in and then when I mentioned my anxiety he sort of went oh well that's just an excuse yeah no it's actually yeah. the same thing you just you just sympathize more with that because you can see it so it, there's more proof mm. for you to want to believe that that's an issue yeah um and also because people don't realise that mental health and physical health are just as important as each other. Yeah. And a lot of people say mental health um, as if it's not something that we all have. Yeah, we yeah, all yeah. have mental health. 100%. It's mental illness that happens yeah. when we don't take care of our mental health. Yeah. So it's really important that we realise it's something that we all have. It's just a, there's just levels to it and it's a matter of taking care of yourself yeah. as much as possible. Well, it's funny because I, I kind of, I'm very careful about the language I use around it. So I won't just say, oh, how do you, you know, deal with your mental health? If, you know, talking to someone who may have suffered from depression or anxiety, I always put illness or um, issues on the end of it. Because yeah. like you said, mental health is your mental state and and the health of your, your mental. It's, yeah. in, it's in the two words. <laughs> the health of your mind. It's like, yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's everyone has mental health and everyone has to take care of their mental health and if you don't it causes the issues or the illnesses yeah. and I, I feel like what I would love to see what I would love to see is a mental health gym yes that's what I'd love to see yes and I've been trying to search out someone or somewhere who's doing it because I just love the idea of you know you can go to the gym you can put your headphones in and you can just get on with whatever workout you want to do. You could run, you can do weights, you can be doing yoga, Pilates, whatever it is. But 
there's not somewhere where you can go well, that I've I've managed to find anyway. You can go and just take care of your mental health. It's yeah. all kind of very like I mean yoga is a kind of sort of a practice for it, yeah. and there are certain practices you can do individually. But there's not somewhere where you can go and feel like, oh, do you know what? Today I might go and do some meditation in that room and just sit there and there might be some music playing. You can just sit there and five other people in the room and you're all meditating in your own space. But you're all kind of there because you're doing the same thing together. Or you might go in another room and it's like there's someone who is... Um, I don't know. I, I'm running out of ideas. But I know what you're. You know I, what I know exactly say. what you're it's, saying. It's a gym that you go to, and you can take care of your mental health. Yeah. Because I feel like we need those sort of places to help elevate and to help people understand the importance of taking care of it as well. Which I think is going to bring me nicely to um, your uh, Reiki. No, you're not an instructor, are you? You're, you're a. I'm a Reiki healer. Healer. That's yeah. the one. Um, <laughs> um, so. Can you, I mean, I know a tiny bit about it because I I have a family friend who did it for a while. So I kind of understand it. But can you just explain it a bit more? Because I'm by no means um, clued up on it. So Reiki is a, um, it's an ancient Japanese practice of, um, it's a form of energy healing. So using the chakra system. So we've got seven chakras in our body and we use, um, energy healing from our hands um, based on the chakras and you go through different chakras to 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 basically heal and you get attuned to do this so it's not like you can just kind of wave your hands and go and do it um you know just off the top of your head um there's a lot of there's a lot to learn a lot of practice and you start with yourself first Mm -hmm. that's the really important thing about reiki you can't heal anybody else until you've started to heal yourself because mm. it's really important to check your energy first. You can't you can't have really spiky, anxious energy and then go and work on someone because you will you absolutely pass it on kind Yeah, of okay, you absolutely yeah. transfer it because um I I'm I'm really sensitive to energy and um in, in my Reiki healing I've picked up on things from people and, and said it to them afterwards and They'll, so for example, I did some Reiki on someone and I was really, um, what's the word, attracted um, to their um, stomach area yeah. and um, said to them, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I think um, you should maybe see your doctor or something. Yeah. And um, it came out later that she's had a stomach problem. Oh, and really Yeah. Right. So is it something, can you then... Like you said, you were attracted to the stomach area. Is it something drawn? You, That's drawn. A better yeah, word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. You were drawn to her stomach area. Was that is that like a physical feeling that you can feel through the energy, or is it just like a like literally an attraction? I guess like you're just almost like you can't stop, but going back to that same there. point. Yeah, it's like it. You literally, it, you just get drawn over there mm. by how you feel. It's yeah. very intuitive. Yeah, yeah. You go with how it feels, yeah. um, and it never steers me wrong. I'm. I mean, one of the biggest things that I've learned in general um, was to how to trust my instincts because I never did that. I always um, based my opinions and the way that I saw the world and how I felt based on the people I had mm. around me. I felt I. I liked what they liked. I did what they did. Yeah. Um, that all changed at a point. And um, I became massively in tune with myself. And I know that 
a lot of people that do Reiki are people that um, really listen to their own instincts, yeah. even when it doesn't make sense to the outside world. It definitely makes sense when it all yeah. when it all shows up. Yeah, I think I should. I, I need to look into this more because I really do believe in the energies in the universe, just full stop. Yeah. Let alone sort of Reiki, um, and you know, like earlier when we met to 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 come and do this interview. Um, I was stood meeting Mick, who's my lovely cameraman. Shout out, Mick. Um, <laughs> and something just told me to turn around. And I turned around and you were stood there. And it's just like that kind of thing is like an energy. It is. Because you're obviously giving off an energy that you were there to meet me at yeah. the same spot. And something just told me turn around. There was no... I was in the middle of talking to Mick and I'd literally turned around and you were there. And I was like, oh. How funny. And that kind of thing is like an energy for me that you can't... Um, I don't know quantify is not the right word but you can't put a feeling on but it was just there yeah, do you know what I mean and I feel like Reiki is kind of maybe a similar thing like you said you might get uh, you know have that feeling of intuition about a certain area or, or something and I feel like it's just a more concentrated version of that so which is why I need to look into it yeah and maybe come and get my Reiki healed because yes. it might need healing get some Reiki done it's Reiki is great for everyone I do it on myself um at yeah. least once a week because I think it's really important to make sure my energy is good because yeah. you know um as much as I'd like to be positive all the time it's not possible because mm. we live in a world where there's a lot of stuff that goes on and we see things and people say things and it's it's my responsibility to work on that yeah have you looked into, um, I think it's called tapping. Have yes, you heard of that? So it's like my sister went and had it done for, um, she's really bad at public speaking and she had to do a um, presentation at work and she was really, you know, working herself into a state about it. And my, I think it was my uncle recommended it to her and I, I hadn't heard of it before. But then since then, I've kind of heard it pop up in all these different places. Yeah. And I was listening to another podcast and they had someone who was like a tapping expert and he did it live on the, I mean, it's not great for an audio experience because obviously <laughs> it's like a physical thing, but it's essentially you do loads of tapping, tapping on different areas. literally on your body in different areas. And then you end up tuning in on, on a point. You might have a sore neck, for example, and you end up tuning in on that point. I thought I was like, wow, that's incredible. Cause it sounds like a very similar thing in terms of you're directing the energy towards yeah. that area to heal it. Um, yeah, yeah. So sorry, had you you've heard of it, right? I have heard of it. Um, I've never really done it, but I do think it makes a lot of sense. Mm. I mean, with Reiki, it's, it is a very um, you know, kind of uh, you do work through the chakras, but um, we are told if you are drawn to a certain area, go go to it. Don't just kind of be uniform. Have, mm. Must must do all seven. Um, and with tapping, it's it's just a lot. It's just pretty much more um, hands on. Yeah, yeah, you do. You can put your hands on people, but sometimes, depending on the energy, you you don't have to, or you don't need to, yeah. or, or they might not want you to actually. Yeah. Sometimes. Now, have you ever had an experience where you're you're doing it and you've kind of overly felt? You're not like in a touchy feely way. Yeah. I mean, like in a like you felt a really strong like energy and you're like whoa almost yeah. like it's a kind of a shock Is that about, yeah um that happened to me last month I was doing some Reiki on a, on a lady and uh, what was it I was drawn to so 
I was drawn to her um, sacral chakra, which is just before the root chakra. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with a lot of where... A lot of where our kind of anxieties go, um, a lot of our decisions go. And I said to her, I don't know why, but I'm stuck here. Mm. <laughs> and um, I feel like you've got decisions, you, something's just going on there. And she started to cry. Oh, wow. And she said um, that she's got some healing to do with her family she's moving um she's just kind of been told that her job isn't her job anymore and her husband has been offered a job in america oh, wow. and um yeah. they might have to uproot so there was a lot of stuff <laughs> and i just kind of opened the floodgates to it yeah. so it's really interesting when that happens i always think wow yeah <laughs> how did how did you do oh, that that's but, terrifying thinking that that i mean in a good way like to think that you could just be you know, doing your thing and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, actually I can sense there's something really happening here. Yeah. And then that person is just like, I guess it's like a trigger for them to, to kind of open up about actually, yeah, there's this, 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 this and this. Yeah. It happened. It's happened to me too yeah. when I've had Reiki done on me because when I, when you get attuned, um, you get really worked on because you've got to let a lot of stuff go. Um and you, ha you constantly do have to work on your energy. And I think that's what helps me, actually, because mm. I'm very self-aware now. So I know when my ego is coming to come in, you know, yeah, and yeah. getting me to do things that aren't really my true self or my energy is bad and I'm, you know, reacting and trigger being triggered. And um, when it's happened to me, it's always very like... God, you know, it's, it's like you've been caught out a little bit and you're yeah. like, you can't, you can't, um, you can't trick the energy you can't trick the universe it always knows yeah and it will always call you out yeah that's very true like the, the universe will always come back like it's so funny because i remember like my two of my best friends when i was in school they always used to talk about oh it's the universe the universe did it oh this happened because of the universe and i'd just be like a load of rubbish <laughs> like we talking like it's not at all like i used to just obviously i i used to believe that things happen for a reason but i wouldn't be like oh yeah, yeah, the universe yeah. or whatever. Um, but since I've started to like really understand it and believe it as well, like you get such a sense of it all the time. Like I know you're big on you're big on the whole um, eleven eleven yes. thing. I've I've noticed that on your Instagram <laughs> a few times. And my friend like he he'll send me screenshots now when he's checks his phone. And it's eleven eleven, yeah. and it's not something that I you know, I don't look out for it. I don't notice it. Da, da, da. But I've started to notice more and more people are, you know, oh, noticing, noticing it, you know, it. which is quite interesting. So I'm probably inevitably going to end up doing the same thing now just because I'm so aware of it. Yeah. And I think it is, a lot of it's an awareness thing, isn't it? It is. Um, but yeah, so what other practices do you do? Because I know you're quite big into meditation yeah. and mindfulness as well. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about those and anything else that you might dabble in do. every now and then? So, um, I mean, with I, I'm very much into my Reiki. Yeah. I um, my Reiki practice. I do that at least once a week. I will. I mean, it's funny actually because sometimes and some people make a massive ceremony out of their their self healing process, which you can do. It's quite nice to do it. Um, I, I depending on how I'm feeling, I might just keep it quite simple. Um, get on the floor, work through all my chakras, or I might sit on my sofa and just work on 
my chakras or I might just be drawn to a certain area mm. um, and just work on it that way. Other days, um, you know, I'll put the incense on, yeah. get on my chakra mat and that just feels very indulgent, but that's nice sometimes. Um, other times, um, I mean, I've got my own self-care routine. I think everybody should have their own self-care routine. Yeah. What's your routine? So, <laughs> it depends on what kind of what's required. But um, let's think of like somewhere, something like today. So part of my self-care routine is, is um, fitness, mm -hmm. exercise. So I will go to the gym, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, so today I did Pilates and I love that because my I, it's really important for me to to feel mobile and and free and not stiff which you can get from all the weight training as well so I, I always feel really good after that and um it's it's self-care for me is in literally every habit that I have going <laughs> so it's the food that I eat the things I drink um what I'm listening to um I often put on a TED talk and it might sound a bit like I do all these great yeah. things. It's it's not, it's it's just what I do for yeah, me. Yeah. It's really not something um, that I think is elaborate or, you know, it's just what I do to feed myself. So I, I, I feel good. Um, gives me that equilibrium, as I say. <laughs> so yeah, I listen to different TED talks. Um, I might watch other YouTubers. Um, I will listen to one extra a lot. Yeah. I love music. Yeah. Um, if I'm not listening to a TED talk or watching YouTubers, I'll um, I'll be listening to music, um, and that's kind of how I kind of feed myself as well. Um, at the moment, I'm listening to "The Power of Now" yeah. by Eckhart okay. Tolle. Yeah, yeah. I've, re I've read it, so yeah, yeah, it's um, I read it, but you know, when you haven't, you, you've read it and you kind of haven't really thought about it again. I mm. thought I need to read that again because like some, something you said earlier was um, talking about the anxiety of the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get that sometimes. And I thought it's really important for me to just remember where I am right now because where I am right now is actually quite good. And if I keep wondering about what's coming next, I'm actually going to miss all this yeah. and not enjoy it because I'm too busy thinking you know, what about the next thing? I haven't got that yet. And I, I did a manifesting um, course over the weekend. And it's the really important thing about that is to stay present and be grateful. Because if you are always in a state of lack, whatever you want for the future isn't going to come anyway. Because yeah. all you've told the universe is that I don't have anything. I don't have it yet. So it's not going to come anyway. So it's 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 really encouraged me to really be grateful for where I for as I am now yeah because you know we'll never be as young as we are now we'll never be doing what we are doing right now again um well the podcast probably will do again yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> you know some of these moments we might not have them again so let's just yeah. let's enjoy them you know yeah. really I think that's important. that's why I, I really enjoyed about the power of now is that's it's a really good I mean it's in the name yeah. but it's a really good um almost handbook of like why like remembering and embracing all of these things is so important and you know at times it's probably over elaborate with with some of the things mm -hmm. in it and it's a little bit um it's, it's quite the language in it's quite difficult I'm not a great reader yeah. so for me it's quite like I'm listening to it so yeah so but I, the core message of it and the understanding of that being present and everything you just said you know it's it's a really strong message to to remember you don't have to live 
you know your your life preaching that but as long as you can have moments in the day to ground yourself yeah. and find moments to be present and stop and breathe and just appreciate you know the little things then you're well on your way to that kind of self-care I guess isn't it definitely um, but yeah it's interesting what you were saying about your self-care routine because mine is very similar so um I will get up in the morning go to the gym um so there's like a whole list of things that I'll do like as a routine so it's like get out of bed have a glass of water first yeah. thing eat an apple um, <laughs> to give me some energy for the gym those are little things towards yeah. self-care no, but it's, it's, makes you feel better yeah and it's because it's I know I've got the gym coming I need to have something in my body so it's like that get ready go to the gym do like a 45 minute workout um, get back shower breakfast and then I'll do like 10 minutes of meditation um, I've got some affirmations that I read to myself every wow, day wow you've got a great self-care um, routine yeah and um, I've got a gratitude journal as well yeah. And I've I've just actually started today is going to be my first day of doing it in the evening rather than the, in the morning. So I write down five things that I'm grateful for. And it was just general t- to start with, like, I'm grateful for my family, my friends. I'm grateful for the bed that I, I get to sleep in. I'm grateful for the opportunity to meet people that, you know, inspire me or, or whatever. Just like very generic things yeah. every day. I just write five, first five things. But what I'm going to start doing is writing things from my day that I'm grateful for. So the day that's yeah. just gone. And then also write down some of the feelings and emotions that I experienced in that day. And just like, it's just really helpful to write stuff out sometimes and put it elsewhere other than in your head. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, and then 10 minutes of meditation before bed as well. So good. So my, my room is kind of like what I was saying earlier, like my mental health gym. Yeah. And I've got my yoga mat in there. Sometimes I do yoga in, in my room in the morning instead of going to the gym. So that's kind of like my routine, which works really well for me. And I find the last couple of weeks have kind of fallen off it a bit because I've been here and there and away and the routine's not been as strict as yeah. normal. And I felt the effects of it, but I don't let it you drag me down. Exactly, because you can't stick to the same thing every day. No. You have to be realistic. So yeah, that's very important. And, and also what I'm trying to explore is the range of emotions and feelings that I go through every day and try and recognize them when they do happen. Yeah. So for you, what's your kind of, on an average day, what are the kind of range of emotions and feelings that you go through? <laughs> rage. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, gosh, I mean, for someone who has anxiety, it'd be quite interesting. <laughs> but in a, in a general sense, um, you know, pretty much, I wouldn't say I'm happy all the time, that's such a lie, <laughs> but, um, kind of go through I mean um, I, I try to be as grateful as I can when I wake up in the morning even when I've had a rubbish night's sleep yesterday I had a really rubbish night and um, night's sleep and um, it did make me feel a bit grumpy and instead of kind of beating myself up for it it was just like well, you've had a really bad night's sleep haven't you so mm. you're going to be a bit grumpy and what are you going to do to kind of lift yourself you kind of just pep talk yourself out of it a little bit but um it, you know, I, ch- I try to be as grateful as possible. If I find myself being drawn, um, you know, just to, to a like, you know, towards something in a negative way, you know, reading something, just think, oh, what's that? Or, you know, um, I, ch- I try to check myself. I really yeah. do. Um, one of the things that I, I did learn through Reiki actually is, is the power of my words and my thoughts. Um, you know, when I was speaking about manifesting and things earlier, it's not... Um, 
half the things you say, it's more about how you feel. Mm, mm. So it's about what you, you know, because you can say things, you can say, oh, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I'm going to have a good day or, um, you know, you can declare it, but do you really feel it, mm. you know? And that's what's really important to me. I check in myself and I say, how do I feel today? Yeah. And I address that as I go through throughout the day. Um, so if it is, if I have a negative feeling, I'll, I'll, I will actually just have a little chat with myself in my yeah. head and say, where's that come from? And sort of try and map out what where the starting yeah. point is. So you must of. do it like momentarily. So when you do feel something, you, yeah. it's, it's like, um, I use Headspace a lot to meditate and it's the noting technique that they kind of teach you on there. It's like when you feel something, you go, ah, oh, I'm feeling this. And then you go, why am I feeling this? It's that kind of thing, isn't it? It's very yeah. similar by the sounds of it. Which is good. Sorry, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. I, I, I'm very self, I like to think I'm very self-aware. I've been told I am um, probably too hard on myself sometimes as well because I'm so self-aware. So I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Fix that. But, um, you know, just remembering you're human and you can't kind of walk around being positive, happy. Yeah all the time because just life just doesn't work like that so I just allow myself at any moment to feel however I feel at that time and just go with it yeah it's funny that you say that about people saying um that you're so self-aware so I, I get told a lot that I'm very zen people say to me <laughs> you're so zen like I want to be really like I want to be zened out like you and it's I'm nice just like I'm just, I'm just are you in your bubble you're just chilled I'm just a, a chilled kind of person I yeah. guess and I, I don't know if that's because of you know, everything, I've, I've kind of always been chilled to be fair, but I mean, I don't know if that's because, you know, I am starting to become more self-aware and, you know, like I said, going through my, my self-care routine yeah. and, and taking more care of myself, that's kind of chilling me out even more and people are starting to notice it's it more. It's a good more. place to be. But yeah, it's like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, no. but it's just interesting how people pick up on those certain certain things that you're kind of working on and it goes to show that it's, it's working. Yeah. Um. So... What I wanted to ask you, and I think would be really helpful for the listeners is, do you have any really practical tips for someone who may be suffering from anxiety or, you know, they're doubting themselves or, you know, anything that is kind of putting them in a bit of a bad place, it doesn't have to be an extreme bad place, but just a, a little bit of it. it could be someone who's worrying about an interview they've got tomorrow. Mm. Um, have you got any really practical tips that someone can do to maybe um, help alleviate those feelings or it could be like meditation tips or it could yeah. be you know how to check in with your with yourself yeah I mean that's a good place to start and check in with yourself um how you're feeling um I mean it's important just not to be hard on yourself for how you're feeling the, the I mean the greatest thing about knowing how you are feeling is that you are aware of it yeah a lot of people walk around feeling a certain way and don't even really realize it you know then that you know they're not addressing it they're not working on it they're not thinking about it um as if you are aware then there's something that you can do about it um depending on what it is um you know talk it out if you don't want to talk it out like me write it out um you know if you don't want to talk on the phone about it text your friend you know there's there's lots of options um just be kind to yourself, yeah. realize you're human. You don't have to be strong all the time. You don't have to get it right all the time. We're all, 
everything is a learning process and um meditation is great <laughs> you know it's one of it's one thing that I lean on to help me um there's there's just so much stuff yeah. <laughs> trying to think of it all um but the main thing is to to just be kind to yourself um and um realize that there's a lot of power in being self-aware actually because you um you take a lot more responsibility off other people for your happiness if you if you do that so you're less reactive you're less thinking oh that person did that or they didn't do that for me and you just think well I'm responsible for my own happiness so I'm gonna do what yeah. makes me feel good and yeah. I'm not gonna expect you to give me a box of happiness yeah. to do that um because I, I do when I do my self-care coaching I'm I come across some um, people sometimes that say, oh, I do loads for people and I never get anything back. And one thing I've learned is that if you do good things with the expectation of something good back, then mm. it was never a good thing to do in yeah. the first place. If, yeah. The best thing you can do is give freely and not even think about it again. Yeah. Because you become very bitter and... Um, Especially those people that give, give, give and give and talk about it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, do give, just give and and don't expect anything back. And yes, feel good for it, but draw yeah. the line there. You should be doing it because you want to do it and yeah. not because you want something in return. That's do you know what it. I mean? Which is quite interesting. On that, have you read um, a book called Soul for Happy? I haven't. That's a re really, really good book. You should read it. It's, oh, it's essentially about that. It's a guy who's basically made an equation to sort of an equation to happiness, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's all about the expectation you put on things or certain areas of your life or yourself or, you know, and it's yeah. it's balancing, lowering those expectations, not in a bad way, but yeah, in, exactly. in a way like you were saying, like if, you, if you're if you going to help someone, don't expect something back. Do it because you want to do it. That's it. It's a really interesting. You'll book. be so much happier for it. You won't be bitter. You won't bemoaning that you know the last the, you know the time you asked somebody to do something and they didn't do it for you but yet I've done this and this yeah. for them you know you won't tell that story anymore because you did it for the right reasons mm. if they didn't do it back for you don't worry about it mm. that's not why you did it yeah I hope yeah exactly <laughs> um okay so what's your biggest fear oh my gosh um well oh my gosh that's a, such a good question I mean I hate public speaking mm -hmm even though this is a slight form of it, isn't it? There's only three of us yeah, in the room. Yeah, there's only three so. of us. I hate public speaking. That's probably one of my biggest fears. There's, there's probably more. I can't think of them, but that's one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big one because, yeah. again, it triggers my physical anxiety. Okay, yeah. So I'll be trying to hold it all together, yeah. but my body just is just like... <laughs> yeah. And what, what's your coping mechanism when that does happen now? Yeah. What do, you, what do you do if you did have to go and do some public speaking? Like if I said to you, all right, cool, we're going to go and do a talk right now to some college students. Yeah. And you're starting to feel all of these physical um, feelings. What would be your coping mechanism? My thing is um, I will put something in my hand, actually, mm. to hold because that helps me to kind of keep... Um, keep the tremors down actually and gives I can't explain it but it kind of gives a stop yeah. to um it kind of distracts my mind from the movement and the anxiety yourself, yeah it's it? grounding yeah. that's that's the 
word. Have you got a, have you got um, a specific object? Have you yes. got like a pebble that you wa- walk around with? I've got a stress ball that's okay, in the yeah. shape of a brain. Oh wow, which is okay. funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I just hold that, and it helps to calm yeah. me down. And by the time I've begun, I'm distracted by the, the thing I'm holding, and before I know it, I've kind of just got into the swing mm. of it, and I'm okay. Yeah. And then it's the, the one of, once I've got to the end, you, uh, that, that's when the anxiety jumps back in. It's like, yeah. you've just done that. Can you believe it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, great. Because we've actually got some college kids outside Yay! that we're getting there. <laughs> 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 um, cool. So I've got last couple of questions for you. So first one is if we could wind back the clock and you could speak to a younger version of yourself, what three bits of advice would you give yourself to start doing? Oh, this is a good one. Um, there's so much advice from my old me, but um, trust your instinct because yeah. I never did that. And that caused major problems for me because I didn't know who I was for a very long time. Um, I didn't know what I liked. Um, second thing is... is that you don't have to do what everybody else is doing, which kind of draws back to that again. Um, the other thing is is realizing that you are worthy, um, and that you that I always have been. Mm. You know, um, I I mattered and I always did. I just didn't know it at the time. Yeah, and that's that's one thing where um, a lot of people get caught up in because they they don't realize that they matter and that they're worth something because of a lot of stories they've been told or things that they've gone through. And you think, oh, well, because I've been through all these things, I'm clearly not worth it. Mm. I'm clearly not... Because I told myself that I remember um, when I had my breakdown, I, I, I looked back and I, I remember saying, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to have a good life. I'm, I'm just one of those people that aren't just supposed to struggle and fight through life, not realising that, no, that's not how life is supposed to be. Yes, you will have ups and downs, but you are not supposed to have the continual cycle yeah. of negativity that I was um, living through yeah, yeah, at that time. Yeah, and then what one thing would you tell yourself to stop doing? hmm this is a really good one what stop doing i try to stop worrying in advance Mm, okay yeah Yeah. try to stop worrying in advance which isn't easy but i'm working on it yeah nice (laughs) okay that's really good that's that's a very interesting one actually yeah that's very interesting i like that um okay and then what is your biggest dream I would love Free Your Mind to become nationwide because, you know, at the moment we're just helping children in London um, and in just kind of in Birmingham, where I'm from originally. And um, I would love to help all the children that are in all these other areas that I hear from or we get services reach out to us from and say, can you come down here and help us? I would love to because... A lot of people that go through this think that they're alone in that experience. And it's not until someone else says, I grew up this way, that the conversation starts and they say, me too. (laughs) And um, Very topical. (laughs) Yeah, funnily enough. Um, And they they start to get the, well, you'd think that they'd start to get the help that they, they need at that time. It's really important that we help these children because 
there's going to be a otherwise going to be a lot of adults like I was and am um, who grew up that way and didn't get the support yeah. and didn't realize till a quite quite a long time in their life when they'd made a ton of mistakes mm. um, that it was because of that experience mm. we could prevent so much if we help children when they really needed it yeah and actually what age were you when you discovered if you don't mind saying my breakdown yeah oh that's good that's that's a question a 27 okay wow okay so it's like you know fairly late into yeah very late like you know I'd done so much at that point um Mm. and my life at that point was literally raving yeah <laughs> yeah that's all I did I went raving all the time and um when I had my breakdown I turned around to one of my best friends and said what am I good at I don't even know why I'm here and he he turned around and went where well, are you good at socializing <laughs> no that's not what I need to, need to yeah, hear yeah. right now oh, wow. okay. <laughs> so I had a lot of work to do yeah. at that point <laughs> wow yeah but and um, and lastly what is your ultimate happiness goal See, I don't think chasing happiness is a good thing. Um, my, my ultimate happiness goal, I mean, I'd love to, it's, I hope, I mean, I, th- I feel like it's quite simple. I'd love to just be, um, I'd love to have children and a family one day mm. um, because I want to, I kind of want to change the cycle in for the future yeah. and, um, and ha- help a child to have um, a happy childhood. I want to, I want to be that mother and to help, a child have a happy life and and break yeah. the cycle that you know I've been through yeah my mom's been through yeah 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 amazing that, that I think that's really powerful to yeah. be able to you know well you will be able to do that so yeah. you know it's a very powerful thing and um yeah so thank you and thank you. you know I want to I want to just say you know I think everything you're doing is really great um I wish you all the best with everything you do and having met you now, I'm definitely going to be getting the books Yay. and sending them to you in the post to get them signed because <laughs> one day they're going to be worth a lot of money. Um, so I'm going to make sure that happens. I'm going to get two copies, one that oh. you can sign and one that I can keep. Okay, so cool. I'll sell the signed copy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's, um, I think, yeah, I think, you know, everything you're doing is, is incredible. And I'm definitely going to have to come and check in and get my Reiki healed. Yes, do, so honestly. That. That's when we can sign the books. Don't yeah. post them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, deal. Um, so, yeah. And then just to wrap up, where can people find you online and keep up to date with your movements? So, um, for Free Your Mind, it's um, www.freeyourmindcic.com. And all the social media is Free, free Your Mind CIC. Um, for me, it's um, Natasha, well, Twitter, sorry, um, Tasha K. Benjamin. Instagram, Natasha K. Benjamin. Um, and I have a website, which is www.natashakbenjamin.com. Okay, all fairly yeah. straightforward. Lovely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I've learned those just sitting here. So I'm hoping people who are listening have learned as well. I so too. So there you have it, guys. That's Natasha's story. I really hope you enjoyed this one. An amazing, amazing conversation. I really love this one. I was pumped walking out of the room and we had an amazing conversation before we started recording, amazing conversation during and even after. And, you know, she's a really passionate woman and everything she's doing is just incredible. And all of the work she's doing, I just, you know, I wish the best for her. And it's some really great stuff in there. And I hope you could really take something from it, particularly those of you who may, you know, deal with some mental health issues yourselves. And even if it's just taking some of the tips of her 
her self-care routine you know as long as you can take one thing from the episode then i'm more than happy with that if you want to ask any more questions or get in touch you can find me at i am alex manzi on instagram and twitter or instagram you can also find the underscore dreamers disease for daily bits of motivation and, and good bits of you know wisdom and, and what have you so thanks again for listening and now it's time to go out there and chase your dreams this podcast is produced by unedited